Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister here with the CC Podcast Conversations, and we are finally getting our last few podcasts produced from when we were in RB. This is going to be an interview with Jenny Levitt, who wrote a book, God Prince, Finding Evidence of God in the Shattered Pieces of Life. Andrew, let people know kind of the essence of this story. Yeah, it's, um, so, and, and we, part of this story got cut off, um, but, um, you know, lo- they lost a child, uh, and, and just kind of how God has, has has re has worked through that grief with them personally, but also, um, you know, how he has sort of taught them, um, how to go about approaching others with grief as well. I, I threw that question at you forgetting that you didn't hear the first part of the interview yeah. because it got cut off. No. And so the specifics of the story yeah. were that, uh, Jenny and her husband were at a church event. Her husband's a pastor and their two sons, Jacob, and I forget the other young man's name, but uh, they drove separately, and the two boys left to come home before his parents, and uh, they were in a car accident, and her son Jacob was killed by a drunk driver. And the first part of this interview that people unfortunately aren't gonna be able to hear, because Jenny was very transparent about it, and I appreciated that, and I'm sorry that we lost that file because of that power issue, but, it was crazy because they got home and somebody from the church called them and said, Hey, where are your boys at? Cause it looks like their car is involved in this accident. Just the worst nightmare, yep. you know, for parents. Yep. And I, I think I remember her husband, the pastor being the first one to kind of venture out there. And then, and then she ended up finding out about it and just, uh, just terrible. Um, so Jenny has, written this book because a a lot of people we've had friends in our life who have lost kids and that's i can't imagine it but people who have gone through that tend to seek out others who have gone through that because it's such a unique and such a sharp uh type of grief and loss yep and so uh because she's unable to talk to every single person that would like to learn from her on this she wrote this book and uh I guess I was just incredibly inspired by her outlook on that. Now, this happened in 2015, mm-hmm. so it's eight years ago. Sure. And I understand that time heals wounds. You're never going to have this wound fully healed. No. Um, but for her to see the Lord's hand in the midst of this loss, and not only that, but to then say, how can I use our story to help and serve the body? That's yep. remarkable. Yep, I agree. I agree. And just a lot of, of um, wisdom in there about um, how to deal with grief yourself. Uh, and like I said, how to 
you know, how to approach others with that. The, the, you, you, the two of you had a really good um, exchange in there about, um, you know, using the term, I know what you're going through. Right. Um, Nobody just, does. It's no, all different. Just the value of, of just showing up and keeping your mouth shut. She mentioned that. It's just immense. And that's so hard for a guy like me. Because I feel like I got I yeah. got this not like I want to bring scripture I want to bring something sure. comfort and it's just nothing no just be there exactly exactly yeah and I, I'm not saying scripture is not helpful I'm just saying like there's a right. time for that and there's a time for sitting there and keeping your mouth shut and exactly. I'm mostly talking to myself <laughs> shit yeah exactly and and yeah and I remember a lot of that I I still still remember a lot of the things that that when you know when I lost my dad that people came in and said to me that I like, I still, I still remember a couple of those little things and just, and they didn't mean that the wrong way, but it's no. just like, have a little bit of awareness. Yep. Yeah. I'm afraid when I hear these stories, I'm afraid. I, what have I said? I, I guarantee <laughs> I've said some stuff that was stupid, you know? Yeah. No. And, and I'm sure I'm, we all have, you know, and, and, but it's, it's, it is absolutely, um, it's it. Well, listen to the interview because it, it the the interview says it better than than you and I can yeah. right now. Um, she does a great job of 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 just talking through that in a way that uh, that I haven't heard in a long time. So that it was uh, that was really refreshing. Awesome. Thanks to Jenny for stopping by the booth and for everybody listening. Uh, tune into CC Podcasts for. A lot of other conversations and different things. I think we got 70-some episodes up now. Getting close to 80. That's great. Yep. All right. Having not been on the receiving end of Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that kind of support, Mm -hmm. I still don't really understand what somebody just being there Okay, means. so, so I, I can give you a couple of examples. Great, that's what I'm looking for. Um, so one is there is like a fog. That's the only way that I know to describe it, and I've talked to other people too. It's like a mental fog that I believe is a God-given gift. To, to protect you. Yeah, to kind of protect you from just feeling like you're going crazy. Um, and so you're already having a hard time putting coherent thoughts together anyway. So sometimes people will say something and they mean well, but like, and it's, it's not even bad. They could be saying something totally biblical, but yeah, I honestly can't remember any of those conversations. Yep. Unfortunately, the ones that I do remember is when they said something that you're like, really? Yeah. Like that is not what I needed yep. to hear right now. Yep. You know, so it's almost like, okay. I'm not really going to be able to remember much of what you say right now because of the state that my mind is in. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like better not to say anything than to say something that they're just going to, I'm telling you, because some of the stuff, and I know people meant well. Yep. But and Let me give you an example mm-hmm. of some friends of ours. There's no way for me to like hide their identity completely because if you know us and you know <laughs> the people we know, you'll be able to figure this out. But... Um, a couple lost a child in an accident and the child was adopted mm-hmm. and um, a lot of support from the community and we mm-hmm. were kind of close around their home for a few days there 
and they went through the funeral visitation and a lot of people coming through the line mm-hmm. kept saying you gave him such a good life mm-hmm. and I don't think I ever said that but one of the parents in particular was very upset by yeah. that and just kind of mad about it mm-hmm. and, and and as the parent described it it was like we didn't adopt him to give him a good life right we adopted him so that he could be in our family and be our mm-hmm. son mm-hmm. and to them it felt like people were cheapening mm-hmm. what they had done mm-hmm. with this kid it wasn't just to give him a good life because they have charity for a kid from another part of the world mm-hmm. it's because they want to put a family member in their family and it was way more to them than just helping the kid yeah now as I was able to have a conversation with that parent I said wait a minute no one means that right you know what I mean like mm-hmm. no one's thinking about that the way that you're receiving it mm-hmm. of course that's not a good time to right. try to straighten them out on how to think about it the right way right um, but I think that's an example of what mm-hmm. you mean when you say I know people mean well right now I know of other examples that are even more egregious than that right, that right. are just ridiculous stuff that mm-hmm. people say yeah that is not helpful and it's borderlines on cruel mm-hmm. I mean just because mm-hmm. they're not thinking and I don't think the example I just gave is cruel no. in any way no I think their intention was, was well you know but you can speak from your experience mm-hmm. about how because of this fog and this emotion and this deep pain there are things that are meant well that get said with the best of intentions mm-hmm. that you don't receive mm-hmm. the way that they were said. Right. Exactly. And, and so better to just be quiet. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember those and cherish those more than more than the words. Yeah. Is the presence and just so, knowing. I mean, can, and you don't have to give any identity or any specifics, but can you remember specifically again without saying mm-hmm. um, a, a situation or two where like that meant the world to us these are people who came and were there and didn't say a word and left mm-hmm. like oh that, yeah. yeah 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 and and before I talk about that directly I will say that one of the things my husband says uh, he tells people is that he learned through this that he will never again say to somebody I know what you're feeling yeah because you don't because we got that and he was like no you don't right you don't unless you have gone through this exact thing you don't right and and that can go for somebody even if they've lost a child totally it could be a different circumstance i still don't know what you're feeling right so he's like i just wipe that out of my vocabulary i don't even say i know what you're feeling anymore because that was one of the things that people would say and we're in a situation where a family we know somewhat closely lost a son and another family that lost a child ministering to them and in watching this one family that lost a child ministering to and being with this other family that lost a son mm-hmm. from a distance you'd say they're two peas in a pot it's the exact mm-hmm. same thing they can totally identify with each other but the circumstances of it were so different the way that these people responded mm-hmm. and reacted and the way that they're wired it's very different than these people. Mm-hmm. And so these guys are looking over here going, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> in, in, a set, yeah. in essence, they were saying, this is not like we did it. 
and there can't be another way. Can, mm-hmm. can there? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it can so, be the same within a marriage. A husband and a wife grieve totally differently. And that's tough, right? And then they can be like... Did you guys have that? Oh, yeah. I think I, we know lots of married couples that have lost children now. And every single one of them, the husband and wife grieve differently. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of divorce that happens there is. in the wake of children dying. There is. I tell people that if you had... Uh, cracks in your relationship, if you had like communication problems, financial problems, whatever, those can become chasms yeah. that can wreck a marriage um, and totally bring such division that you can't come back from. So the title of your book or the subtitle is Finding Evidence of God in the Shattered Pieces of Life. What's that mm-hmm. all about? So when I sat down to really write our story, um, I looked back because my husband's a pastor and he preaches. Um, he has, he said since then, um, when we, after we lost Jacob, he said, you know what? God was faithful when you had cancer. He brought us through that. He's going to bring us through this. Yeah. And so I kind of turn, he, he also preached a sermon years ago on recognizing the footprints of Satan in your life. Wow. And so after we lost Jacob, I like to flip that on its head and say, you know what? I want to look for God's hand. And when I started writing this, that was one of the things I was blown away. How many things in our lives God was using to teach us lessons um, that we were going to need when we lost Jacob that we didn't even know that that they were going to be lessons that we needed. And it was God's hand in our life, which is where the title comes from. His, His fingerprints were all over it. And when I look back, I can see how he wove it together and mm-hmm. planned things and prepared things that when you're just going through day-to-day life, you, you're just like, eh, you know. Yeah. Um, but as believers, he is, he's, he's redeeming all those things and yeah. bringing good out of them. Yeah. Um, even when it can seem like hope is gone, like there is no hope. I, I think the most evil thing done ever in the history of humanity is the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect man, perfect son of God, mm-hmm. crucified for sin he didn't commit, for doing nothing except telling the absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And and, it, and I always tell people, if we'd have been there on Good Friday, yeah. which we wouldn't have called it Good Friday. I right. mean, it, it, you make the case that this is the worst Friday. Yeah. This is the worst day in history. This is the worst event that's ever happened. Right. Today we call it Good Friday mm-hmm. because God, in the most spectacular way mm-hmm. of anything that he's ever redeemed, redeemed the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm-hmm. What does that do theologically in your mm-hmm. head as you think about bad and good? I mean, obviously right. losing your son is bad. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that this is not this has been just a last couple of years thing that God has showed me about that, um, you know, on Good Friday, how Jesus feels forsaken when he says, "Father, you know, Father, why have you forsaken yeah. me?" Yeah. So I, you know, you we know that we hear that, right? Yeah. So after losing Jacob, I, the thought struck me one time. I. I think part of the reason why God the Father had to turn is because his son was being brutally murdered. Hmm. And I, as a parent who's lost a child now, yeah, you don't want to see that. I'm like, oh my gosh, our our father 
was experiencing this pain, you know, that that I've experienced, Mm. it cost him greatly to let his son go through that. Yeah. And so when you're talking about, like, what does it do with my theology of good and evil, I'm like, our our father experienced the worst pain imaginable, because I can tell you that this is the worst pain I, in in any parent that I've talked to that's lost a child, the worst pain imaginable to correct our sin. Right. It wasn't even anything he did. Yeah, amen. So to eradicate the evil that we allowed reign in this world. Yeah. And but yet our God gets such a bad rap. That's one thing that um that really irks me when yep. when people get so mad at God for allowing this stuff to happen and I'm like, mm, yep. he, he's not the one who brought this into the world. He's actually the one that took the greatest pain possible yep. to fix our mistake. Yep. I got to wrap up here in a couple yep. minutes, but can you give me a couple specific or are you willing to, or is that a spoiler for your book of specific pieces of evidence of God? Yeah. Yeah. Like a yeah. story or two. Or yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's what's in the book. Yeah, yeah, and there's, I don't mind, I don't mind sharing at all. The one that comes to mind first and foremost is, um, so Jacob was a very fun-loving kid. He was a big boy. He was a little over six feet tall, um, football player, so he was big. And um, he was the kind that um, if you were a new kid to the school sitting by yourself, he would go sit by you. He was that kind of kid, you know. And he was very good with his hands, very artistic, not a writer. Yep. So three or four days after he passed away, the church uh, was helping us put together his memorial tables and stuff. And so I'm going through his stuff, trying to find stuff to give them. And I come across this poem, um, who his youth leader still swears it's a rap. It's not a poem. It was a rap. (laughs) Um, So, but I come across this poem and I almost put it aside because he wasn't a writer, but he loved his name and he had like signed his name with a flourish, you know, Jacob Levitt, February, 2015. So I was like, "Mm." so I read it and he titled it holding me. And in the poem, he's talking about, I know I'm a sinful man. Like he's wrestling with his, just like his biblical namesake, really. He's wrestling through, how could you use me? I know I'm a sinful man. And then he's like, um, comes to the, the, really to the cross. He says he's crossed the Rubicon and real and receives God's forgiveness. And the last two verses, he talks about dancing on the streets of gold in the heavenly city, meeting his savior face to face. And I'm sitting there, this is three days after he stepped into eternity and met his savior face to face. Wow. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. What a gift. And he dated it February 2015. He's not a writer. So I still believe that God prompted him, you know, to write that down and record that. So you'd have it. So I would have that because this mom needed that reassurance that my son was not playing church games. Pastor's kids know the lingo. Yep, yep, yep. They know that I needed that assurance that I'm going to see him again and that he had that moment with God and he's... He's okay. I, I think two things are really cool about that. One is that you are willing to admit that 
apart from knowing that from what he left behind, mm -hmm. there's a chance that your son was playing church games. Yeah. I think a lot of parents are just yeah. naive to that. Yeah. I, my kids grew up in the church. They've heard the gospel a million times. Of course they're believers. Mm -hmm. And we don't know that. Yeah. Mm -mm. And, and then the other thing that's way cool that I've never even thought about before is that would the Lord prompt somebody to do something mm -hmm. before they pass away for the express purpose of helping comfort the people that are left behind. Yep. That's, yep. That is amazing. Isn't that? Yeah. And you know, since we've lost him, um, I have heard so many other stories like that, though. Wow. Yeah. Even um, Stephen Curtis Chapman, his, yeah. his, wife, his wife wrote a book about it. She found a, she calls it uh, Choosing to See. She found a piece of artwork from her daughter that, and her daughter was young, really young. Yeah, and she found a piece of artwork that obviously had God had inspired. Yeah, yeah, had had some significance for them. Wow. So uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of stories like that where I do. I think God does that for the grieving for the people yeah. that are that are left behind. So just how can people get your book? Uh, who's it for? Who would you mm -hmm. encourage to read it? Um, I mean, we're going to promote this obviously as an interview with somebody who's walked through the loss of a child. Mm -hmm. It could be anybody who's walked that road. But uh, what else would yeah. you say about that? So um, part of the reason why I wrote it is because there is such a need. We've met a lot of people one-on-one, -on -one, and as God brings them, we, we love to do that. But there is it's just too much of a need. I can't, I can't meet with everyone one-on-one, -on -one, so it's a way of sharing our story. I also have created a free study guide that's with it that um, is on my website. They can download it for awesome. free. So it's really designed to help people that are experiencing any kind of tragedy or loss to find healing and hope. But um, honestly, it's it, I think it could benefit anybody who. I is, mean, this this has benefited me. Yeah, I haven't lost a child. This yeah. conversation. Yeah. In, in terms of just even expanding my view of God. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and seeing the faithfulness of God. Mm -hmm. uh, meet somebody who goes through the worst life has to offer and still be able to sit here and be solid in, in the yeah, faith and yeah. with a kingdom-minded vision. Yeah. You know? And I love, our family's, uh, Jacob was very fun-loving and our family has always been kind of sarcastic, witty humor. Yeah. And we went through a time when that was not the case because we were grieving. Yeah. But I love that now we are back and like our son got married and Life is good. Yeah. There is hope. We, we can get through it. God can yeah. help us. He you can is, have fun. You can laugh. He, he can, is still faithful. Yeah. You know, it, it, life will never be the same. Right. And um, somebody told me a long time ago, um, you know, you're not going to get over it. You'll just learn to live differently. And that's true. Yeah. You know, you learn a new normal, a new way of going forward. God prints. Finding Evidence of God in Shattered Pieces of Life. What's your website? JennyLevitt.com, my name. That's J-E-N-N-Y-L-E-A-V-I-T-T.com, and they can get the book there, I'm sure. Yep, and they can get it anywhere. It's available everywhere. And the audio version is also available everywhere. Awesome. Yep. God bless you for coming out here and sharing your story, Jenny, and for writing that book. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Appreciate it. Yep. 
The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.